Okay, responsible, proper, social distance, shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear on this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. Episode 97. Has uh, planning for the big 100th episode extravaganza begun? He says, knowing that he should be planning it as well. <laughs> and it has not been. Don and I were... Kind of kicking around at the uh, at the meetup the other night, the possibility of doing a real life in person around that small table, the abyss, the abyss, yeah, the original maybe, abyss. Maybe, maybe do that just for old time. The band back together, three guys in one mic. We'd probably screw that up so bad. We're not used to doing it in person like that. No, I can't imagine the lack of personal space now. <laughs> <laughs> like the desk I'm sitting at now, just for me, is probably twice the size of that little table. Yeah, that was kind of a cozy room, as I recall. Just a tad. <laughs> I thought for a second there, you were going to say like a live show at like a brewery or something. That could be done. That could be done. That, that could be done. Blow the cover off the godless heathens, that's for sure. Yep. And you asked Jeff off camera, or maybe it was Don, why 100 is... You know, such a such a big deal. Yeah. We used to joke about that at the Three Letter News Network all the time. It's the five year anniversary of something or the mm-hmm. ten year anniversary of something. And it's like, why does it matter if nine eleven happened nine years ago, but at ten yeah. years ago we're gonna That's remember extra. it differently. And by the way, nobody ever has an answer. Nobody ever questions that like we're gonna treat ten the same as we treat nine and eleven. 14 and 16. It's one of those unquestioning media things that actually get mm-hmm. questioned in a newsroom, but nobody ever does anything about it. Like CNN mm-hmm. could come on and say, you know what? We think it's a big deal every year. We're not going to treat the 25th anniversary any different than we treated the 24th or the 26th. You would never, ever hear them say that. But we do that all the time, you know, like with wedding anniversaries, you know, we, we mark those. With everything, I'm already hearing about 26. It's going to be the 250th anniversary. You remember 1976 was 200 years. Right. Remember when you were a kid? You were a little older, Jeff. Uh, but yeah. 26 is going to be 250. There is a word for it, and it is, it's not, it, it's kind of backwards in thinking because it, you're not saying 250 years, you're saying half of 500 years. It's the semi, some, and I can't remember what the word is. Something annual. Offic- yeah. So, yeah. Cent- it, it ends in centennial. Yeah. Semi something centi- yeah, I forget what it is, but it's five hundred and half. Oh, two fifty. Two hundred and fifty years. Oh. If we make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, we might not. (laughs) Well, on that note, let's start the pod with a word for things that are just bigger than perhaps our little pea brains can comprehend. Uh, so the word is is something like climate change, maybe? That's bigger than I can comprehend. And COVID and even insurrections. Sounds like another lighthearted episode of the Heathens is hopping down the bunny trail. As usual. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you to Kevin, Brent, and Sabrina for having Absolutely. us on the last Left at the Valley podcast. Yep. Absolutely. Yes, people have us on their podcasts even. If you can't get enough of the heathens, last weekend we, we were guests on Left at the Valley and had, had a real good time with it. They're a fun group. Yeah, fun they conversation. Yep, yep, yep. Crazy guys. And, and a couple and lady. of rabbit <laughs> trails. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, now they're going to be doing that on every episode, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. We should have copyrighted it. Anyway, on that note, what I'm drinking this evening, my daughter Emma and I venture down to a place near the old Brave Stadium. Okay. There's two places we went to that are new down there. One is called uh, Halfway Crooks, European German style beers, authentic beer garden kind of atmosphere. And then also nearby is a place called Elsewhere. And they kind of specialize in European style beers as well. And that's where I picked up what I'm drinking tonight. It's a dark Czech lager called Guest, G-E-S-T. I'm probably not saying that right. We'll take your word for it. Guest. There you go. Now, um, is this the place you were bragging about has no IPAs? No, I think the Elsewhere did, but the Halfway Crooks, nary an IPA to be found. Hmm. All definitely European-style beers, and, and they're not big on IPAs if you go to Germany or the Czech Republic. So anyway, it's quite good. The only thing is, it's only a 4.7, so I don't know if that's going to be hefty enough for this podcast. I may have to find something else. (laughs) There's a nasty subtopic or actual topic on TikTok about people who hate IPAs. Basically, IPA hate. I get them in my feed a lot, much to the joy of my sons. (laughs) Are they haters on the IPAs? They're not but they enjoy the fact that there's uh, that that I like them and their mom likes them and people who like just despise them like they they draw oh, yeah. They, yeah. they draw pleasure in that i think yeah. mm-hmm. halfway crooks are are those guys too oh, yeah i'm hmm. not sure if they despise i'd have to you know find out next time we go down they're going to pick their brains a little bit no, no, but no. i think if you're not for them you're against them no, that's my take on it now. If, you know, if you're not IPA friendly, then I then you're my enemy. Battle lines have been drawn. It's kind of like a, a George W. Bush after uh, 9-11. <laughs> you're either with us or you're against us. I want everybody on record. <laughs> yeah. Simpler times. Don, what are you drinking? About a fortnight ago, I believe it was, I asked you if you had ever heard of Apothic Pinot Noir, and you had said no. That is still true. Have you ever heard of Apothic Inferno? No. I had not either. I've heard of the Disco Inferno, though. I've heard of uh, Dante's. Both classics from different eras. I went back to the, uh, to the Publix, and the fireworks are gone, and the red blends are back, baby. Just side note, it's hotter in Georgia in July out there today. It's ridiculous. But I saw this. I'd never seen it before. It is aged for 60 days in whiskey barrels. Oh. Right on. And it's nice. from 2018, and it clocks in at 15.9. Dang, that's a heavy. And you can taste the whiskey barrel. Wow, that... so we better we better get a move on and get to you first. <laughs> and I am drinking 
water. No. Uh oh. No. I have a cold. No. I have a stupid summer cold, and <laughs> just well, if you're wearing a mask, you probably wouldn't not. have a cold. <laughs> yeah. Not a good idea. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> You know what? I, I'm not going to hop on in because you know what to do. Please rate us and give us a five star. You can give us crap on Twitter. You could talk to us on our private Facebook group. And we got mocked on Left at the Valley for having an email address. Email. You What's know? that? For having a Yahoo email is what it was. Oh, like, yeah. That's even worse. Well, it was because we all had Gmail accounts and we had to have a telephone to attach to it at some point. Yeah, so. man. Why does it matter? I know, it's ridiculous. So All right. So could have been hotmail. We didn't talk about this, so I'm gonna spring this on you. And I just I just thought about it actually. Uh oh. It's All it's right. your favorite kind of rabbit trail. It's a podcast hand grenade. So the old signal group was running hot and heavy um, with COVID. And I definitely was a contributor to it with a couple of stories of people who died y- young, like 23, 24, one who was a denier. And one who pretty much wished on his deathbed that he would have got the shot. Hopes that his story is a cautionary tale to others. Well, that's not how the group treated it, though. And I'm not saying I'm not part of that. My point was he didn't take any of the earlier cautionary tales that have been in the news to heart. For a year and a half. So why does he think his death so important that everybody else is now going to come around? I mean, we're at 600,000 at this point. We got to be way past that. Just past 600,000. Is that so just crossed it? I saw that not too long ago. Yeah, we're like 607, I think something like that. Okay. But I suspect it's going to start creeping up. So the obit in the local Louisiana newspaper where the 23-year-old nurse and somebody who wanted to be a physician... Frontline healthcare worker. Frontline healthcare worker was anti-vax, and then her Twitter feed went silent since, like, last September. Mm -hmm. So you don't know if she had a change of heart, but if somebody that young and, you know, seemingly healthy gets COVID and dies, should they not have in the article that they either were or weren't vaccinated. Sure. Jeff is thinking, though. Well, yeah, I was trying to remember from that article, it did not state in there that she was... Stated nothing. Nothing. Okay, it was like the rest, that's right. And it did not talk about her anti-vax history either. Did not. Yeah, somebody it had to do It painted her out to be... Tragic victim. A tragic story. Yeah. Right. A, a, a terrible loss. Yeah. Which, right. by the way, it is a terrible loss. Absolutely. For sure. But the rest of the story is yeah. as important, if not more important. But whether anybody's going to listen to the, the rest of the story and ma- make a difference... But I, people need to listen to the rest of the story, and I don't know why the reporter wouldn't. Or maybe the reporter did and the editor took it out. I don't know, but I don't know why they, they wouldn't put that out there. Because they would get... They would lose half their readership one way or the other? Uh, by I just think... not touching the rail, they're okay? It might have been on the request of the hospital, too, because that would really put them in the spotlight about, well, how come your workers are not vaccinated? I'm shocked that a hospital has frontline healthcare workers that aren't vaccinated. Because uh, it's not required. They're mm-hmm. talking about it, but... Some systems are doing it. There are some professions that vaccines should be mandatory. Well, <laughs> I think I saw that Piedmont system... Here in Atlanta. ...is requiring it, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think... But it's like they have a couple of months to get it done. So I think that is like September... Cut, cut off something like that that you so have to then, have. So then, you know, media 
ethics professor instead of just being an amateur one. So is there an obligation for a, a news outlet to report vaccination status for people who die of COVID? I think they do have an obligation. They don't have to get into the story where she was an anti-vaxxer and she was spreading misinformation. They don't have to. Why not? Well, you know, if you're trying to make like a compromise kind of thing. if Jeff, we don't compromise the truth. We're the media. What about stories like the state of Maryland for the month of June? Zero vaccinated COVID deaths. Mm-hmm. All deaths in Maryland for the month of June were unvaccinated, whatever, citizens of Maryland or whatever. You know. Yep. Not a single person who had been vaccinated died of COVID in the month of June. I'm curious, how many other states have reported out that kind of information? That's the only one I heard. Same. (laughs) Same. I'd be interested to hear what the percentage is for other states, because I would assume it's going to be extremely close to Maryland. It would be. But I, in the media that I consume, and I'm a fairly Mm -hmm. voracious consumer of it, I haven't seen it. And I also haven't seen... But Maryland's is not the kind of state... Well, put it this way. There's a Republican governor. I know, but I lived in Maryland for a couple years, and the people in Maryland are not necessarily the type of... Well, it's hard to say that, uh, even even today, but... Oh, man, I I thought you were getting the broad brush out. I was, but they lean more away from than towards the type of people that would clap at CPAC for low vaccination rates. You know, you know what I'm saying? So they're more moderate. They're, they're a more they're a more liberal area than like Texas or Florida or or some other places that are more conservative. Sure, but then you you've got you know like the rest of Mar- Maryland and like Baltimore. Yeah, you, yeah, you, uh, you have Baltimore, and then like Western Maryland is is Eastern West Virginia. So you also don't hear the same amount of either panic or concern about rising COVID rates. And ICUs getting full again and 20-year-olds dying of COVID. Before we were recording, and I said, and I feel I'm more apprehensive now about being in public. And a very famous sports broadcaster got both shots of his vaccine and he's got COVID and he's sick with it. That's Rich Eisen from the NFL Network. I did not know that. I saw it yesterday. Hospital sick or... Not yet, but symptomatic is what he's he's saying. And and I'm sure it's happened, but he's the first person I've heard of, you know, unlike like Bill Maher and some other people. He's the first famous person. Yeah, that has tested positive, but is showing symptoms after being vaccinated. Yeah, most are going to be asymptomatic, but it's possible to have mild symptoms. Tell that to Rich Eisen. Exactly. You don't get to say if his symptoms are mild or not. And he, he basically is... And his public, you know, statements on it is it can happen, folks. Yeah. Wow. It didn't. The stories didn't make it sound like he was like Jeff as sick as you were, which was deathly. Yeah. Like bad sick for a week. But in bed. Yeah. yeah, I think he. It was longer than that. Yeah. Eight days, wasn't it? Eight, ten days? I thought it was eight days. No, it was like ten days in bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The bad old days. And I, I. Probably shouldn't ask this question because Twiv is coming. (laughs) Twiv is coming on this answer. answer. I'll just just do it. So he's double vaccinated. He's got COVID and he's got symptoms. That probably precludes long COVID. But do they really know yet? And the idea that getting COVID 
even if it's asymptomatic, does it make you more susceptible to like being a long haul COVID person? So as long as as it's like what most people are going to get that have been fully vaccinated, if you encounter somebody that's unvaccinated and has COVID and is transmitting, you're going to get into your nasal pharynx. Okay. But at that point, and you would test positive. If, you know, they took a swab at that point, you'd test positive. But as soon as that enters the upper respiratory, well, the nasal passages, your antibodies are going to kick in and attack and destroy. So it never gets into your, your lungs or, okay. you know, it doesn't get into the rest of your, your system. It's destroyed up in, up in your nasal passages before it does any damage. Now, that's the most, you know, common thing if you encounter it. So there may be cases where, you know, like this guy you're talking about, maybe, you know, his immune system, you know, was compromised in some fashion to where... I mean, who knows? Unless, after you have the the vaccine doses, that you're able to do a a test to find out what your antibody level level is, what your B cell, what your T cell levels are, it's a crapshoot. And so that's where I'm, I'm in agreement with what Jerry's saying. I'm going to be a little bit more cautious, knowing the numbers in Georgia, especially going out in crowded areas, especially indoors. You know, I would still, you know, not go to like a, a stadium, indoor stadium game because of that. I mean, you know, you're, it's a, it's a crapshoot. The numbers are big and growing, 134%, 150%, in other places, 500%. Those are metrics that are... Even if it starts off at like a low baseline, those are numbers that that alarm me. And to not do anything about it or not take precautions seems careless. Yeah, it's like your thumb in your nose. And, yeah. you know, I don't know that we should be thumbing our nose. It's like we keep hearing nose. on the news that, you know, that we've got more and more cases, but you're not hearing any type of response to it. Yeah, you know? you're not no. seeing an upswing in vaccine uh, uptake. You know, that Nothing. number has, has not spiked up to match what's going on. So really, you get the opposite. They're hunkering down. The freedom fries people, I'm not wearing a mask. You're not making me. I mean, like there's this against any perceived slight on their rights. Yep. All right. Yeah. Like we were saying before about at CPAC, where somebody mentioned how low the vaccine rates were and they broke out in in applause. They started clapping. So they're proud that they're unvaccinated. And you get a lot of that anti-vax hype on conservative television media and YouTube and really any social network. And mm-hmm. I'm not surprised, but I am a little disappointed that there is not more of a you, Mr. or Ms. TV host, are going on there and talking about how it's an infringement on your rights and how the vaccines are untested and all this mainstreaming of anti-vax shit, they should say before, anytime they talk about it, and I'm not vaccinated. Yeah, because most of them are. I mean, do we really know that? Because I've not heard anybody other than like Rupert Murdoch and his skeevy kid. From what I understand, what I I read is that basically all the people at Fox, like Tucker Carlson and all of them have been vaccinated. They don't say it. They don't advertise it, but they've all been vaccinated. Well, they're not. They're also not asked. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a don't ask, don't tell policy over there. No, when they are asked, they evade it, saying, well, that's a personal decision. I'm not going to say yeah, that's how they my, evade it. Right. Yeah. And, and, right. Just and, because I'm a public person. But, you know. And I'm surprised yeah. that particularly like a medium level 
or somebody that wants to kind of break into the big leagues on either mm-hmm. YouTube or or cable news doesn't say yeah. day twenty five of Tucker Carlson railing about vaccines and not yeah. telling us what his vaccine status is. You do that enough, you could pick up some traction, but no one's doing it. And, uh, you know, I kind of think they should. Plus, it might be good for your rating. I realize that's crap. Like you said, surely put you on the map. And, and, put him, and put a little bit of pressure on him. But I think people are afraid to do it because he will sick the trolls after mm-hmm. you to make your life miserable. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would be canceled. They would absolutely try to cancel you. So another article that came through the old Signal Group, or actually, it was, I think it was ours. And our, private, our, yes, we, our we, private. We keep, our private we keep all the channel. riffraff out, just the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> enough riffraff. So the, the, we got the corner on the riffraff. <laughs> Um, so this article is, is not as funny or lighthearted as the laughing prior to it, but it, I think it hit home for all of us, and it starts off with a great line that, boy, do I feel this one. These days, I find increasingly myself caught between the worry that I'm being overly alarmist and the fear that I am stating the obvious. That's like the last year plus, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, probably more of watching like creeping right wing fascist tendencies. I'm going to get that tattooed on my rib cage like a 19 year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> Go right ahead. And Mark doesn't listen to this podcast, so he'll never hear me say this. No, um, say what you want. He's obviously a smart guy. He thinks I'm club overly alarmist. Chicken little. You're chicken. Yeah. yeah. The sky is falling. You know, there's historical precedent for this, and you're you're worried about nothing because 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 nature nature heals itself. Well, it's just part of history that we go through these little blips on the radar, and then things get back to normal. It's like, yeah, that's right. We went through. Uh, uh, World War II and fought Nazism. Uh, you know, before that we fought the Civil War. So yeah, you know, things get a little bit dicey. Why it's not going to happen again? That's the part that I don't agree with. From that kind of, well, this always happens. Yes, it always happens, and it's happening now. Again, <laughs> and uh, you know, and we are living in it now. I did. I wasn't alive during the Civil War. That would not have been a fun time. I wasn't in World War II fighting the Nazis in Germany, but that doesn't mean that that kind of stuff is not possible here. For sure. And the other thing in this article that totally brought it home for all of us was when he quotes, and I I just realized the guy that, that created this word, his name is Timothy Morton. And he is a theorist. I thought you were going to say he was the heir to the salt fortune. <laughs> you know what? He could be, which is why he has the time and ability to be a theorist. I'm not sure what a theorist is. I could call myself a theorist. It sounds yeah. like people that put out think pieces. Yeah, like, I, like I, you know what? I think, and I can be theoretical, therefore... Anybody can think. You have to theorize in order to be a theorist. What was it? <laughs> theorist. Theorist. I've never we could call this a theorist podcast if we wanted to. You could. Make a note. Work that into the intro somewhere. Work the word theorist into the intro. We are the three <laughs> theorists. But, but we this, digress. This yeah. guy, yeah. he came up with a concept called a hyperobject for something that is so all-encompassing that it resists specific description. 
Like it's too big for us to completely put our arms around. And like Jeff, you said in the open, climate change, mm-hmm. which by the way, that guy who made up hyper objects will not call it climate change. He's He says it's global warming. Yeah, that's a better word to use. That's yeah. what's yeah. Like right. It's yeah, a, you're right. It's a whitewashing of global warming. It right. is because it's not specific enough. Is, is it getting drier? Is yeah. it getting moister? You know, what, what exactly? It's just changing. So climate change in some ways, COVID. And then in the article, which is written by a former New York Times guy that, that has his own Substack now, talks about democratic backsliding and the concurrent rise of authoritarian regimes. And that kind of stuff keeps me up at night. And it does make me feel slightly better that it's a hyper object that I can't fully grasp. So we know there's a word for it. Because it'd be worse if you could understand it. Well, how are we supposed to understand the slide into authoritarianism? Or when you've got a political party, one political party that openly embraces authoritarian measures for elections. And conspiracy. And and conspiracy. Anti-science. Anti-vax. Anti-science, which, you know, all this incorporates, you know, with climate change also. And COVID. But they won't say, you know what, again, though, they won't say they're Mm anti-science. They got their own science. Yeah. Right. Anti-science, they deflect off. Anti-vaccine, they don't like that, which is probably why we should call them that more frequently, is that they are really the party of the anti-vaxxer. Yeah. They are. The anti Well... I mean, you saw what they did in in Tennessee. Yeah, it's, they fired the. Uh, yeah, they fired the. What was it the head of the like, Department the, of Health like or something like the, that? Basically, the Dr. Fauci of Tennessee, the head yeah. the head of infectious diseases in Tennessee, and they also passed a law that no teen outreach on vaccines of any kind. Period. Yeah, not yeah. just COVID, all vaccines. MMR. I don't think it was a law per se, but it was basically like state it, health policy now. It's, and it's under the auspices it. of it's the parents' decision. Yeah, and you wonder why I wear my mask when I go to the grocery store. I did today when I picked up my uh, Apothic Inferno. Yeah, you know what? You must still not get out very often because you kind of reacted with this kind of wide-eyed wonder. Like, you know, man, it's hot out. Yeah. Like, it's the middle of July it's in been Georgia. Hot out. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> did you forget? But it hasn't been crazy, crazy hot all summer long. It was a little stifling today. Which is exactly why your climate change, hippie, doesn't exist. Exactly. I saw Inhofe bring a snowball onto the floor. (laughs) Senator Inhofe, thank you very much. I'm sorry, my bad. Instead of a mic drop, it was a snowball drop. But But, it's clear... uh, Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I I was just going to say, and maybe this is where you're going with this too, I mean, in this article, it hit on all the hyper objects that we're dealing with at one time. I mean, to me, it would be stressful enough to have one hyper object that we were trying to get our heads around and try to resolve, but we have all these multiple hyper mm-hmm. objects that, you know, it just compounds and they're they're all interrelated as well. It's, you know, most of this you can really, you know, trace back to one political party. And one organized or disorganized religion, evangelicalism, yep. you know, both working in partnership on all of these things we were talking about, climate change, the end of democracy, uh, anti-vax, all of that stuff, they're, they're in lockstep. And so we have almost half the country that is feeding into the, the hyper objects. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
They're in our communities. There are there are certain percentage though, but I mean, haven't we in two different studies? Haven't we seen where they are decreasing? Maybe not in total numbers, but as far as their slice of the pie, is it mainline a larger and slice of the pie than evangelicals now? That that's what people would like to think. All right. <laughs> so you've got qualms with 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 survey and isn't nuns and non-believers a larger slice of the pie than evangelicals now? It is, but it's starting to slide down. You know, if you okay, look so, at this, so this why is survey, this smaller slice of the pie so much more powerful than these other two slices of the pie? Because they're more organized. Far more organized. Yeah. They're more they're more organized and they share deeper belief systems. Authoritarianism. Should the Democrats reach out more to the atheist and the, the liberal Christians to get more in line with? I think they already have us in their pocket. And it, yeah, I think people yeah, I don't on that think there's side. any Republicans on the Free Thought Caucus. You know, I'm out on a limb here. You know, let me know if I'm about well, to fall. We had, uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty safe. I don't know. We yeah. have some atheists that are over on the on the right. We know that. I'm, I'm sure there are, but I'm, I'm talking about as far as no elected officials oh. that are next to their name. Is, is openly, you know, anything other than some sort of religion. Very few yeah, people would, with the D next to their name are either. Absolutely, too. But there is a Free Thought Caucus in, in, in Washington. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen or heard the Free Thought Caucus on any of the Sunday talk shows oh, in no, Washington. There's, I mean, there's a whopping maybe six or eight of them at, at best. I don't have any peace in, in thinking that the, uh, the nuns or the non-religious are going to save the day. Unfortunately, I don't see where they have the power that the evangelical Republican Party has. And, you know, they're doing all kinds of things to keep that power and to increase that power. You know, the gerrymandering, the voter suppression laws mm-hmm. that, that all these states are passing. You know, they realize they're in the minority. That's how the minority has to act, you know, in order to stay in power. Do you really think that they, quote, realize they're in the minority? Like, do you think that they, do you think that that drives them? I, yeah, I was, yeah. It was as early as what the '80s when when somebody said, you know, the less people to vote, the better. I mean, it's not good when people vote it's, for us. Well, I mean, I mean that, that, that's, that's, that's been, been a thing core for centuries of their approach for decades. That's been kind of the history. Well, they they don't seem to suffer from worrying about a hyper object. In their world, those hyper objects don't exist. No, they've resolved them. Mm-hmm. They're denied. Well, like in the case of climate change or global warming. God's going to fix that. So, well, he promised that he wouldn't destroy the earth again. So, we're well, good. no, when when Jesus comes back, you know, he's going to beam his people up while he destroys and cleans things up down here. Yeah, but, but I mean, that, I mean, that's true. There, there's definitely yeah. people that do that. But don't you think most of the people who are deniers, are? it's all just economic? Exactly. I, I would, yeah, I think there's a big percent that is, you know, but I'm I'm saying the guy out in the country that goes to the small Baptist church, he's not among the wealthy, but he doesn't give a shit about the environment, and he's voting for people that don't give a shit about the environment, so. Well, but it's not just him that's doing it. Yeah, it's, but there's other reasons why. it's You've got people that don't give a shit about the environment for economic reasons that are getting him in the country to vote their economic interest into power by tying that along with abortion or some other social issue that he can get behind. 
Well, let me ask you, did you guys get a chance? I posted a link to the uh, the video, uh, God in Green, an Unholy Alliance. Did you guys get a chance to look at that? or We can post that in the show notes. It's a 20-minute video. And some of this stuff I knew from reading like Catherine Sullivan's book talked on it. I watched it today at lunch. She she was in it, and there's a couple other people, and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so kind of the point of the thing is this, there's a long history of the, you know, the Rockefellers, and I can't remember the other names that were big in oil. Yes. In, in Texas and in Oklahoma that decided to really support the evangelical church. They built all these churches. They built all these yeah, Rockefeller II, after his dad made all the money, he made a career out of being a philanthropist, which is basically somebody that just gives away gave, money. Well, yeah. but giving money to evangelical yeah, causes. And so was. that's where they align themselves, and it's been history ever since. Now, were the, the wealthy Rockefellers real religious people? Probably not, but they saw the extreme value on getting these people in, um, in alignment with them. Gary's not buying that. It's not that I'm not buying it. It's just, it feels too, it's not just these people that are putting, that, you know, that are going to CPAC and saying they're going to take over local school boards or basically disconnecting from polite society when it comes to a mask or vaccinations or supporting. What's worse, the people that storm the Capitol or the people now that deny it or minimize it for pure political partisan gain. The worst of them are actual Republican representatives mm-hmm. who were afraid and right afterwards made a big deal out of it, but now yep. are completely soft-pedaling it. All right, yep. right, yeah. Which one of those people are worse, the true believer or the craven asshole that adopts that well, they just keep showing us time and time again. I mean, look, take one of them, for example, like Lindsey Graham. When he was running against Trump, Trump was a xenophobic, racist, you know, I mean, every, oh, yeah. everything he was in the book he was the yelling country. at. Yeah. Yep. And, but when he dropped out, you know, he kissed the ring and, and, and he was back on board. Well, after the insurrection, he talked about how do. it was his fault. And he was, you know, and, and all. And it was the last straw. Yeah. Yeah. Last, last straw. straw. Right. But then how long after that was he calling Raffensperger to throw the election for him? All right. So they're all they're all complicit. I think you're saying that the people who are who are basically have their fingers in the wind and oh, fascism. That's what we should do. Okay, I'll do that. Josh Hawley giving a fist pump to the crowd arriving at the Capitol on the sixth. He's treated as the Washington elite that he is. They don't suffer from a hyper object. At some point, if the Madison Cawthorns and the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world can get elected, we're fucked. You know what I mean? Well, then, yeah, I, then, then you're I, saying we are because they've they yeah. been elected. I know. What do you think the chances of her being reelected are? Real good. Yeah. I, I, I She'll win by double-digit points. You think? I do. Yeah, there's not enough progressive people in that section of Georgia. I will probably, I'll probably sign a check um, to whoever, whoever their op- opponent is, but... I am past, way past the plucky challenger to insert Republican representative that you hate. This person's got a chance of unseating Susan Collins, and this guy's got or a Mitch chance McConnell. to beat Lindsey Graham or yeah. Mitch McConnell or yep. 
any of them. And those folks need to be, they need financial support and they need people to turn out and help them get votes. But I'm not going to fall into the, we really got a shot at this one. Mm -hmm. No, they lost by 12 points. Yeah. And just like that George's turn blue, yeah, by a squeak through. And so the stuff that they're passing at our capital... And many other capitals. Well, exactly. I mean, so it doesn't take a whole lot to flip it back red again. And so, you know, like Warnock is going to be... They're doing everything they can to get it to go the other way. Well, and that's the thing is, I'm afraid, unless we figure a way to work around the things that have been put in place, I don't know how you can do that. Because I don't even think you can take a ballot and put it in a drop box on behalf of anybody else. I think that person has to do it, right? I don't know the rule. If it makes it easier for you to vote, then you probably can't do it anymore. Yeah. Right, right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So I don't even know what, what kind of things we can do. But That's only the part of the iceberg that you can see. Overtaking local election boards. Right, right. One thing that that article didn't say is what you should do if you think something is a hyper object and you can't get your arms around it. Like, you know the concept, but like, yeah. now what? Yeah, so when it's solution? 125 right. degrees in Canada and it sets a, a town on fire and people die, or it's 115 in Portland for like a week and there's a drought on the West Coast. And didn't they just have flooding in Detroit recently? I know Germany yeah. and Belgium and Netherlands have had horrific rain that is, you know, from global warming. So, you know, this shit is happening now. So I, I don't know what else people with half a brain would have to know that climate change, global warming is real, and it's only going to get worse if we still just, you know, look the other way as, as we're doing. I was looking for a solution, Jeff. That was not a solution. I was hoping you had something at the end of that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, yeah, I mean, when we look at all the topics that kind of go fall under hyper objects, you know, COVID, the same thing. I, I don't see, you know, uh, w- with the way things are going. We don't have a good track history when it comes to hyper objects. And I really don't see our batting average improving. Well, and we've never had, at least, you know, that I'm aware of, so many people in this country that believe in complete, utter nonsense and fantasy. I mean, and they're we're saying the about, same thing about you right now. But I'm saying, you know, so yeah. we have, you know, like these examples of, of people that, uh, that died or the guy in, I can't remember what state it was, where he had the double lung transplant. Was that? That was here in Atlanta. Here in Atlanta. I believe it was. And so, you know, those stories are out all the time. And yet, Nothing's changing as far as getting the vaccine. Oh, no. He said that his, his case is going to be a, a, gonna a do warning it. to the world. So and everybody's going to come around now, he hopes. So I'm sure it's going to happen. So I don't know. I, I hope there's somebody out there that can you know, resolve hyper objects. How can we solve them if we can't even wrap our minds around them? Yeah, that's the thing. Like there's, It's so big and so interconnected, you can't totally understand it. So how can you? How do you deal with it? But I was going to say is I understand the root cause, but I don't see a way that we're going to turn around that root cause before it's too late. So I saw a tweet that I did not share. Shame, shame. That said, how is it that the planet becoming increasingly uninhabitable is not the only thing we are talking about? Exactly. 24-7. Why is it not the top story 
on every newscast. Especially this year with Portland, 115 degrees. You would think that would be a, a kind of a like, oh, hey, is this a good real. time to mention that Fox is starting a 24 hour weather service? <laughs> yeah. Why would Fox want to go up against the Weather Channel other than to change the narrative around global warming? It's exactly. Not change the narrative. There's an audience for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's absolutely going to be an audience for it. There you go, talking about goddamn global warming again. All I want to know if it's going to rain. You know, I'm trying to go fishing. <laughs> Damn, it's hot out. But it's not. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's absolutely not. And... We talk about it more now than we abs- than we did probably the last, definitely the last four years, but didn't talk about it a ton. Talked about it some during the Obama years, but... No, well, we had the Paris Agreement that he signed, so we thought yeah. that was going to fix it. Well, yeah, we're all working <laughs> collectively towards a goal. But, it, it, but it's not. Guys, we have economic interest to maintain. Hedge funds, they got investments in these fossil fuel places. I mean, We're not doing you know, anything until the people who have money now can make money off the next things. I mean, yes, the planet is dying, but there are quarterly reports that are coming out soon. Right. So, Absolutely. And the right. numbers have to be better than last quarter. Uh, we need, that's we just need the growth. way it works. We need growth. Growth. That's, yep. It's in the Bible and the Constitution. Constant, consistent growth. He's going to spit his beer out. You can have He's like literally going to spit yep. his beer out. You can have two bad quarters, but you better not have three bad quarters. <laughs> oh, anyway. But we don't talk about it. The public shaming of anti-vaxxers has turned around that the shame, that, that because the anti-vaxxers react with fury, we're not allowed, or the media doesn't really allow itself to get alarmed as a whole about anti-democratic sentiment, and especially, as Jeff, you like to say, coming from one place and pretty yeah. much one place only. Right, yep. They tap dance around that. Yep. The parade of fascist losers that were walking around CPAC. Now, we even know the names of the insurrection groups. You know, Oath Keepers and Proud yep. Boys and Patriot Front and... They are so bad at naming shit. But we know them. Why do we know them? Because they are in the news constantly and not just about them going to jail. We're on like a, an ecological precipice and we're on like a political precipice. A pre- another word for precipice is, um, let, let me think, a ledge. A ledge. A ledge. There's room for hyper objects on the ledge. A ledge is a little nicer than a precipice. A precipice is natural. A ledge is man-made. And, and precipice does... does um, it has a little isolation uh, yeah. attached to it. Well, you know? not just that, but there's, there's bad... Danger. There's yeah. danger, yeah. yeah. There's, there's possibility, mm-hmm. you know, if you... Lightning if, strikes and yeah, shit in the background. Or, you know, <laughs> little, little wind and tumble you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. A ledge... Ledge, yeah. You know, ledge is something you could sit on. It doesn't... It's level... You know, <laughs> or you can, or you can back away from. Yeah, you might you know. be nineteen stories up, but you know, still. Yeah, and, and you might have a slight lean to it. That's just so the water runs off. I mean, other than that, <laughs> right. it, I mean, it's pretty flat. It's nice. Not like uh, you know, water runoff like they didn't do in in Miami. 
that's exactly mm-hmm. why it fell <laughs> because it wasn't built on a it wasn't built and I'm this is construction part of a part of the show is not my thing but water sits somewhere long enough it's gonna do damage and but- and they knew about it yeah and they didn't do anything about it and mm-hmm. now 150 plus people are dead I mean but the other component to that too is global warming played a part where there's more and more saltwater intrusion into the underpinnings of these buildings because this is right on the coast. So, you know, how many other buildings are being eaten away by the underground ocean? Can we make this situation one worse? Yeah. That the moon is actually going to get involved in making coastal flooding worse? Not only the ice caps melting to make more water, right. but somehow you found an article that, that says that the the moon, what is it? What exactly is the moon doing that is changing it's that is like going to cause? It's like it's drunk. Its orbit is on a wobble. Oh, And okay. the wobble, I think, lasts for 17 years. That's good timing. Oh. 17 oh, no. years. And it's supposed to start in 2030. And before, <laughs> when you think 2030, God, that's like, that's like. We're going to be in Jetson cars in 2030. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's nine, nine years Nine years from now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to last a while. And it's going to go to 47. tides. It's going to make high tides. Higher. And low tides lower. Basically, the moon wants in yeah. of extremism. Yes. You know, like extreme heat and extreme weather, extreme politics, extreme food. You know, it's and, seen El Nino get a lot of press, and it's like, "Hey, hold my beer." Yeah, right? it's it's my time. I want in. It's time for the big guy to step up. The only time you pay attention to me is when somebody sticks a flag in my ass and it hurts. Now, <laughs> or you block my light. One of the two. Right. right. But wasn't wasn't there a Republican nut job that said something about you know the way to resolve it, resolve uh, climate change, is to move the moon? Wasn't there something on that? Oh, yeah. I, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. It seemed like one of these Gomer or one of those guys. One of the original Apollo astronauts spent his life trying to excavate Noah's Ark. Let me guess. And it, it, was it the crazy one? Uh, well, <laughs> I, honestly, <laughs> I think I think there were there were more than one. Was it was it the one that was photographed punching a photographer in I believe his late seventies? No. No, really? that guy, but that guy. That Not was, Buzz Aldrin. That was Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. And Bu- and the reason why he punched him is because that guy was a moon landing denier. Yeah. yeah. And he got up in his grill and finally <laughs> and he had Buzz enough. And Buzz punched his ass. And popped yeah. him. Yeah. He's like, I may be 80, but I don't give a damn. Right. And by the way, because <laughs> right I am 80... I do yeah. not give a damn. Exactly. I'm knocking you out. I'm knocking you down. So who was it that went on a search for Noah's Ark? Okay. Here comes the live duck duck going. Astronaut. In the meantime, I did find it was Louis Gomart. 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 And Gomart? What, did, what, what did Louis say? He asked a senior U.S. government official if changing the moon's orbit around the Earth or the Earth's orbit around the sun might be a solution for climate change. Um, yeah, and, if we could just you know, get the Earth a little further away from the sun, it would cool it off a little. That makes sense. How do we do that? Uh, that's, I, a, that that's, that's brain right there. We get everybody, all 8 billion of us on one side of the planet, and we all jump at the same time. 
And we just got to move it over just in just incremental steps, you know? That sounds like a Yahoo Answers question. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, we're going to get together. We're going to do and, it again, but we got to wait 24 hours. Right. Hold on. And, and, and the count of three, everybody, and, and can you imagine in unison, 2.2 billion people around the world. Okay, now are we jumping on three? Or are we jumping on the point after three? So it's really four. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you just need those three rich rocket guys, Branson, um, Bezos, Bezos, and, and Musk, 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 to fire their rockets at the same uh, time, and that changes right, your orbit. I'll, I'll right give then. you a, I'll, all right. I'll give you a hypothetical. Now that you got these gajillionaires playing in space, space travel, even the level of space travel that they're doing, is dangerous. There's an accident, and one of them dies. What is the global reaction going to be? I don't know, but there'll be an article about how it's a cautionary tale for the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, think there's, I think there would be unrestrained glee from probably a certain sections of the left that all your rich, money could save bastards. you. Yeah. Oh, talk yeah. about Twitter. Twitter would be all a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it, it, true. It, true. And I found it. Found the person. His name is James Irwin, and he was the eighth person to land on the moon. Okay. And he he was on Apollo 15. Okay. And he was a creationist, and he tried. I remember this story back in my Catholic days that there was an astronaut. I I don't think they said he was a creationist at the time because Catholics we didn't we didn't talk like that. No. Um, But that he was going to Mount Ararat to find Noah's Ark. And I remember being like, wow, that's going to be cool if he finds it. I must have been really young as opposed to, this guy's doing what? Yeah, he's doing what? Where? What a maroon. (laughs) Was he Hal Lindsey or some shit? (laughs) But a creationist astronaut. Jeff, you go up there, it makes you crazy. You kind of come back a different person. It's almost like you got a vaccine and it got in your DNA. So he came back a creationist? Is that what you're saying? I think he went up as a creationist and came down as a creationist. He hit his head on splashdown. And, uh... Well, I can see that. Yeah, Catholics are involved in astronomy, all that kind of stuff. So He wasn't Catholic. Jerry He's was. not Catholic. Yeah. Jerry oh, I was thought God. you said he was Catholic. Was Catholic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought the creationist guy was... And Jerry was into was... astrology, by the way, just, just for the record. Uh, I'm a Leo. did i say astrology i meant astronomy Uh, one of those astronomy yes astrology Mm -hmm. why why do people still pay attention to that by the way i'm sorry you put you started the rabbit trail i don't know i'm an aquarius i don't believe in superstitions (laughs) (laughs) well there's a lot of fantasy land woo woo people out there so yeah doesn't surprise me how do you address the topic of hyper objects in polite conversation. You know, I think we've been kind of doing hyper objects in our podcast. We just didn't have a name for it. Yeah, exactly. I, I hate to inform you of this, but it hasn't shot the podcast up to the top of the Apple charts. No. <laughs> Talking about hyper objects in real life. Yeah, we might lose some listeners. Mm-hmm. We, we, don't, I, we don't have a lot of room to do that, but hey. I, I'd really <laughs> like to see the wall in the room at, in the author's house that has all the red yarn on it, connecting all the dots when he was researching for this article. Hey, if you say things or feel things like we're on a, a slippery slope to to losing American democracy, that's not considered a hyper object. You are considered paranoid or 
you're a conspiracy theorist or where's your tinfoil hat? Can't happen here. For sure. If you had to pick the, the king hyper object, it would be the loss of our democracy and the turns towards a non-scientific, authoritarian, plutocratic government. Just overall, the loss of confidence in American institutions. Ooh, yeah. If we lose Congress and if we lose Senate in 2022, then the rest of these hyper-objects we were talking about are done, basically. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how you would ever... But you know what, Jeff? You're kind of talking past the biggest hyper-object. You say, like, if we lose, that assumes a fair election. Yeah. Right, right. That assumes that Democratic victories in national races will ever be seen as valid. As legitimate. Right, yeah. right, yeah. I mean, you, you've already got uh, people like Bolsonaro in, in Brazil that are that are saying that they're not going to accept the results of their, of their elections. Same thing Trump did. The exact same thing. Absolutely. If, if, if the votes aren't fair, if, if if the vote is compromised, then I won't accept it. He's already doing the same thing Trump did, and you, laying and the groundwork so it's not a shock when it happens. Absolutely. And they've got a they've got it's like a heroin needle straight mm -hmm. into their brain between Fox and YouTube and Facebook, and a whole ecosystem that spurs the big lie. So it, it's not if we win, it's if there's an election. If we're allowed to win. <laughs> it's worse if it's not blatantly stolen. If it's yeah. blatantly stolen, you have something to fight against. If it's shady, but not super obvious to the point where Chuck Todd can go... You know, sometimes Dems, you just got to take a loss. It's not illegal what Mitch McConnell is doing in the Senate. He's just playing good politics. If you can't get that, then all the rest of it doesn't really matter. Because here, you've lost it. Like, we've only, as Americans, we've only looked at looking down our noses, for the most part, honestly, at other countries that have obviously fraudulent elections. Mm -hmm. I believe you mispronounced shitholes. Uh, you want to try that again? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, the shithole countries. There you go. There you go. Um, That's better. That's better. That have obviously false elections. And yeah. sometimes, like in Russia, they're yeah. com or in Iraq, they're comically bad. Yeah, you know, 97.8% oh, right. of the yeah. vote went to Saddam Hussein. Oh, and, go figure. Really? We're looking really? for those other 3%. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> those motherfuckers are going to pay. Right. We're, we're getting those guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if it's if if they use legal mechanisms to cast out and throw out votes and disenfranchise, what's next? You, do you take to the streets? Do you, do you give your job up for it? I mean, you get arrested? You can't protest in Florida unless you're on, on their side. Then you can protest. But Maybe part of the qualification of a hyper-object is you feel powerless to fight against it. How do you fight as an individual person global warming? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, how do, you do right, that? Right. And then yeah. you'll get the smart asses like, well, you drive your car, don't you? Mm. You mm. still yeah. like to have a hamburger. You think globally and you act locally, Jerry. Haven't you read the bumper stickers? I, right. Yeah. What is your bumper sticker going to do now? What's that bumper sticker made of? Oh, plastic. Hypocrite. <laughs> I recycled it, Educate though. Educate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> do the research, man. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, we said it wasn't going to be super happy. You were warned, is what Jerry you said. Were, you were warned. That's right. <laughs> you, you were warned. <laughs> you're culpable at this. If you stayed this far, you're in on it. <laughs> Welcome to the ledge. <laughs> By the way, I don't think I heard an answer. How much public scorn are you allowed to have for an unvaccinated person who dies of COVID? What's the acceptable amount of public scorn? Because privately, the scorn is... You can let it flow. It's off the chart, yeah. privately. Uh, publicly, it's, it, it's different. I'm sorry, I refuse to shed a tear or, or, or feel sympathy when I read a story or, or hear a, a tale of somebody that died of COVID who refused to get vaccinated. Right, it was totally preventable. You made a choice. You, monster. It, it's, You're yeah, a monster. I am, I am. I'm a moral <laughs> monster. I made my bed and I'm laying in it and they need to do the same. <laughs> it's quite comfortable, actually. It's not just that. You know, it's like, so this nurse that we're talking about, it's yeah. like how many of her patients and her did friends and her family in, did she infect? Or put it, yeah, put it in harm's way. Well, Even if she didn't infect them. The fact that she put them in a situation where they could have been. I mean, honestly, is that what gets at you worse? I am more mad that she was a frontline healthcare worker who was unvaccinated than I am less sad that she died because of COVID. And I'm really not sad that she died. So if that's the case, then why does not every healthcare organization, I get PT on my knee surgery. Okay. It's right by the house. Yeah. You still got to wear a mask. They still check your temperature, which is mm -hmm. obviously kind of a joke, but you yeah. got to wear a mask and the... My physical therapist said everybody in the office is vaccinated. Okay. Because hmm. they got people coming in, obviously, yeah. all day, every day. And they have no idea if everyone's vaccinated. I'd feel better going there now than I would if I was in an accident and had to be rushed to a hospital. I'd have two concerns. I was just in an accident on being rushed to a hospital. And right. two, uh, the hospital one. frontline <laughs> workers may not be fucking vaccinated when I get there. Now, at least at a hospital, I think they're supposed to be masked. But still see people when we were at the hospital the other other week were, you know, nosers yeah. down the hall. Yeah. And these are healthcare workers, supposedly. Oh, that's like everybody that works at the last Walmart I went to. Like almost every Walmart employee wore a mask around their chin. Because they were technically wearing a mask. Right. So they checked right. the box. So Walmart is still requiring it for their employees? At least if they're employees, they are. Well. Are they? Yeah, but if they're they not wear a, it around yeah, their chin, yeah. I mean, really? Well, what's it's, the point? Well, right. it's still a, a policy on paper, whether it's being effectively oh, implemented or not. The old honor system. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going we're gonna to go but, back but to work with everybody. But there's a lot of other stores that are on the honor system that it's, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask, whether you're an employee or a shop. As a vaccinated person, does that make you feel better? No. No, I still wear either. my mask. I think that's going to go down as one of the more callous responses. What's that? If you're fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask in our store. We don't know if you are. Right. We're not right. going to ask you. Yeah. So basically, Total honor system. free for all. Nobody has to wear a mask anymore is our policy. I feel like when I see people who are wearing masks now in places like that, that all of us are. Yeah. I think everybody that has a mask on now, either the small percentage that can't get vaccinated... Yeah. You know, for, for whatever reason. For health reasons. Yeah. yeah. And people who are vaccinated that are like, I don't trust the rest of you mofos. I, I am I am in that boat. 
it's still almost to the point where if you go out in the public and you go inside a store somewhere like that and you're not wearing a mask, it's still, did you leave the MAGA hat in, in the truck? Is that what you think? Or did you leave the mask in the truck? I'm not sure. But by wearing a mask, you're definitely making a statement. I, uh, I think they think I'm making a different statement than I am. Right. The statement yeah. that I'm making is two two prong. It's a bulleted, I'm not it's a bulleted list. I'm socially conscious. It's is a that bulleted the, list. Is that what you think they're they're saying? They're no. They think <laughs> they think. Well, they think that mm-hmm. I'm some sissy liberal. Yeah. That wants the government to crack down on all their freedoms. Well, it's not the um, mass that's saying that. It's the Elizabeth Warren T-shirt. But they, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Or the godless heathen, sir, for that yeah, matter. Is I, I, I don't want to get COVID, and I do not trust that sign out there that says yeah. you can come in if you're fully vaccinated. Exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't that means nothing to me. Yeah, because you go in there and nobody's wearing a mask. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that Cobb County was 100% vaccinated. Pretty sure it's not. Well, definitely not. You were asking, though, why still is, are we not prioritizing climate change or am i missing what you were oh for sure twitter dunks from people supporting the green new deal down with it but when's the when's the last time a special session was called in a state house or in a congress to tackle climate change can't get people to agree that it actually even exists well it's supposed to be part of the that second bell of the infrastructure but that's the one that's got to pass by 50 Democrat votes yeah. plus Harris. And, you know, that's a stretch to get us there. Because it's, so. it's a, recon, what do they call Reconciliation. that? Reconciliation. Reconciliation bill. Yeah. Yeah, that's one I think is going to die in committee. I don't know why. But. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is we're basically at that point, mm-hmm. we're screwed on climate. So, you know, it's just something we're going to, be forced to live with. And, and the unfortunate thing, and, you know, that was kind of part of the, um, the video that, that you also watched, Don, kind of talking about uh, the people in the poorer neighborhoods are the ones that are going to be more severely impacted by global warning, warming than people that are, that are wealthy. I mean, why not? They're, I mean, they're, they're more they impacted by are. everything else. Right. My, right. My, my, you they, know, might as well keep up the average. Right. Same so is a... Is a so is it's a part of a hyper object just kind of overall hopelessness hopelessness? Yeah, maybe we could hyper hyper pessimism. You know what? That that sounds like a what Fox would call somebody who acknowledges the idea of a hyper object. They would just say you're hyper pessimistic. Mm-hmm. You don't have any faith. No. Well, no, you, I don't. You, you you know, I mean, don't you? Do you find yourself like avoiding? Um, either articles or shows or podcasts or like, like I stopped, I, I used to listen to Pod Save America pretty frequently. I don't think I've listened in months. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I, I don't want, I, like, I can't hear that type of political discourse or I don't like, I don't, I don't read stories about, you know, the British Columbia or. Like, just brain gets too full. Yep. Can't deal. Have to disconnect at some point. Yeah. And, and step away from from the news feed. Yeah. But you can you, only doom scroll so long. And it, I, are you doom scrolling 
or is your is your feed just full of frickin' doom? Like, it's, are you well, looking if, for it? If you're scrolling, you're you're finding doom. But if you it, don't, you know, are you are you you're just, disconnected? You know, right? Yeah. Are you la 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 la? Not, you know what? Nothing's wrong. It's just cat videos at that point. Right. But like, so so the last pod save, um, I, I watch it in video format. I find that easier to to take. Than, no, because than you're the a audio. purist. We know. We know. No, it's kind of nice, like you know. I, anyway, um, but uh, like so, they they were talking about where we need to do um, a tax increase on corporations and the wealthy. It's like to me that was like, why are you calling it a tax increase? Nobody wants a tax increase. It's a tax rollback. So you know the messaging is already screwed up from the get go. Hey, hey, hey. It's my territory. Uh, yeah. but, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm start talking why, about why would you call it you know, a tax increase? It's not. We're, we're just rolling back the stupid shit that Trump did. That Trump put in place. Right. But yeah. there's, a, there's a decent amount of Democrats that write big checks that are fine with. So Right. Yeah. Right. But, you know, you, you don't think that the other side is going to pick up on these guys want to increase your taxes. They already are. And that's why, uh, anyway, that, that's why, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Some of that stuff at some point is like, I don't need any more of these hyper objects in my path to freak me out. Do you have any <laughs> non-hyper object recommendations? Yeah, I was going to say, if I got a recommendation <laughs> you can't wrap your mind around? Oh, my God. <sighs> I got a real quick one. I got a real, real quick one. And I, and I can go ahead and tell you that Jerry's probably going to be on board on this one. I started watching an, an older show that's about to start a new season, Secession, on HBO. Just started getting into it, but the third season is about to roll out. The first two seasons have, have been out for a while, and the third one's about Matter of fact, me and Jerry would like to take this time to announce we're starting a new podcast. It's called Succession Sessions, where we get together and we do a deep dive into every scene of every episode of Secession. Jerry doesn't know about this yet. <laughs> I'm in. There you go. Is that the one that kind of parallels the Trump family? Kind of, no, the Murdoch family. Oh, okay. It's a media mogul and his and the, family and, and the kids and the kids and the dad. Yeah, it, it's, it's. I the just Murdochs. started it. Have, haven't watched much of it, but it, it, what I've seen is really, really good. Okay. And, and, and Brian Cox is is one of the main characters and the main character, and been a fan of his for a while. Yeah, my recommendation. Uh, we talked about it today. Is um, the God in Green and. Un- Unholy Alliance, we'll put a link to it. It yep. was a, a short film put together by the University of Virginia. And let me see if you agree with this, too. It's like, so at the end, where they're trying to give a little bit of reason for hope kind of thing, is like, and that's where they're talking about some of these young evangelicals are for climate, you know, in support of doing stuff for climate change. Like, yeah, I'm not seeing that. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no. But anyway, it's worth kind of seeing the background on how we got to where we're at. And um, anyway, that's my recommendation. So you should read. It's called We Are Not Ready on the Climate Crisis and Other Hyper Objects, which is the uh, basis for a lot of the conversation. It's on the Galaxy Brain substack by Charlie Warzel. He's a great writer. And this was a uh, an excellent article. A doozy. And yep. to go back maybe one podcast... This is one of those things that I avoided watching. I knew it was going to upset me and push me off into the hyper object sphere. Is that forty-minute video that the the New York Times did? Oh yeah, on the, on the insurrection. The 
Yeah. Where they, they, they time-synced everything up. It, and it was amazing. It, it really is. Amazing, amazing and video. I saw like a week of, this is really amazing. This is a must-watch. Yeah. And I, I like, I, I could not, I couldn't do it. Like I was not, like, like it's not like I didn't know the end. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like yeah. you know, like like they're still they're still releasing new video yeah. of yeah. like horrific the, attacks of the horrific on the attacks. Bl- yeah. Yeah. yeah, as every court case, here's a new video showing yeah. how how truly awful it was, and yeah. maybe it was because you hear so much about it really wasn't that bad. They were tourists. They try to make Ashley Babbitt martyr. I'm honestly shocked watching that 40-minute video that there were not more Ashley Babbitts. For sure. And I'm not dense enough to not know why there there weren't more. But I am absolutely a, almost appalled more than shocked. That could have ramped things up off yeah. the rails, though. That's what I'm kind yeah. of wondering. Yeah, but uh, let me same thing. And we, we we've, we've said this before. If, if that was a Muslim crowd... Nobody would have been waved into the building. They might not have got a permit. To begin with. But yeah, Black Lives Matter crowd, it would not have gone down the same way. That's almost, in in a really weird way, almost comforting. Because one of the reasons that didn't happen is because she was kind of the only true believer to like go over the wall. And that guy dropped her. And everybody else said, whoa, whoa. Stay out of that room. Shit's getting real. I didn't sign up yeah. for this. I am not ready to die for this. I thought they were on our side. They were going to just open the doors and let us in. Let but. me ask you this, and this is something here, a little, little bit of a rabbit trail, but it, it, it's in line with it, with that video. One of the things that I've been thinking about lately with all of the, the coverage of the trials of, of these people and, and showing you know how they were, what happened that day and everything, do you think part of the reason why they kind of just let them in and all the rest of that stuff was this ties back to a podcast I've listened to recently where the way these right-wing militia-type nationalist groups are set up, it's not a pyramid. It's a web. So if you infiltrate it, you can't get to the top. You can only shut down that cell. A lot of terrorist organizations run that way. But do you think that was kind of an approach that they took that if we let... We got a lot of video. We got a lot of footage. And there's, there's going to be a lot of pleading and a lot of bigger fish kind of fishing going on. I'm waiting this for that, thing. though. I'm, I'm waiting, waiting for, it for some, some bigger fish. There's some, some, some kind of seemingly very light sentences. Like I said, I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop. And I'm hoping that, you know, what, what hope does, it kills. Kills, but baby. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that is the approach that the government's taking to this. Was, so there's a there's, there's a, a lot of dumb foot soldiers that came in here, but we can get to the big guys through this. As part of the the similar case in Michigan where they plotted to kidnap kidnap the, the governor, the governor yeah. they're not showing the video in like they're not releasing the video to the media because one of the people that was up in the group was an informant, an undercover officer. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know if it was an undercover officer or, or an informant, but somebody who was who basically helped the government rat yeah. these guys out. It's going to get tricky when you have that because the other right wing saying, "Who's the cop that shot Ashley Babbitt?" 
Yeah. We want their name. It's your duty and responsibility to say every mm-hmm. other time that happens, you've always done it. We're going to file a Freedom of Information Act. Right. And then we're going to his house. Yeah. And we're going to attack we're, we're, his social media. We'll out him. We'll put, you know, put his, put his address on the, on the internet. All we're going to cancel him. Mm-hmm. Oh, this was the recommendation section. Damn. Sorry. <laughs> But, I mean, the interesting thing, too, is, you know, so at CPAC, Trump still is calling that a love fest. I mean, so that's the thing, is anybody that watches the videos knows. So evidently, these people at CPAC have decided not to watch the videos or can somehow in their brain spin it. Anything bad that happened that day, Jeff, was Antifa, disguised as true Bible-leaving American-loving patriots. But that's the Republican Party of today is people that still think deny, that was deny, a love right. So as we, as we lead into that 100th episode, if any of you listeners have chippier or cheerier topics for us to talk about, mm-hmm. you know how to get in touch with us. We're maybe, gonna maybe maybe one of the last shows will only will be the Good News Podcast. There we go. Sounds the, very, oh. very biblical. For the 100th episode, we just, like, live describe cat videos on, on YouTube. Either that or, 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 or have a live call-in where people talk us off the ledge. Oh, they, Or they, talk I, us I, into I, jumping. You better be, you better <laughs> oh. be awfully, awfully persuasive. <laughs> Not sure I'm buying that. <laughs> but give it your best shot. Mm-hmm. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give the audience like my hundred favorite TikToks. There you go. Jeff, you we, got a book or anything to throw out this week? Or are we uh, done? Well, I just started reading a book. It's one by Carol Anderson, who's a Emory professor. It's called The Second, Race and Guns in a Fatally Unequal America. Ah, Kind of okay. talking about where the Second Amendment, you know, kind of the history behind that. It's not quite what we think it was, kind of thing. Hmm. So that pretty ledgy. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's like Change. I needed some more ledgy huh. stuff. Yeah, adding to the ledge. That's it. That's it. Definitely in your wheelhouse. I have a bookshelf on the ledge. Yeah. There you go. It's getting heavy. All right. Well, on that note, we'll see y'all in two weeks. Bye. My gun, he made me mad. The devil's bad. The devil is a bum, but the devil is my friend. The devil is my friend. Wherever I go, the devil goes. The devil is my friend, and Godzilla is my friend. Godzilla is my friend. Wherever I go, Godzilla goes. Godzilla is my friend, and Shrinko was my friend, and Bridget was my friend, and Andrew Bob he just popped off. Now Gorbachev is my friend, and Frank Sinatra is my friend. Someone in the party and the devil is my friend. Yeah, the devil is my friend. Wherever I go, the devil goes.